In-depth analysis from former Wisconsin athletes, Gusser, Bruzowitz, Butch. This is the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprind, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, it was a solid week for Wisconsin on the hardwood. They lost to Michigan State, but rebounded on Tuesday to take out Nebraska. We'll get to our former Badgers, Josh Gosser, Brian Butch, and Mike Bruzewitz here in a little bit. But I first wanted to take a look back at that win over the Huskers, mainly because of what they did from beyond the arc. They hit 18 three-pointers. That set a new school record. Gar Brad Davison had four of those threes. He actually pointed the team's passing as the reason for so many of those open and good looks. When you see the ball going, whether it's individual or as a team, you know, that just breeds confidence. We had spent a lot of time, you know, on time, on target passes. Whoever got the ball in the post, we wanted to play inside out. Nate, Micah, Kobe, Brevin, everyone who was in there did a really good job of, you know, when the double team came, spraying it out, and then we were looking one more passes and over, trying to pass up good shots for great shots. Um, when you do that, Coach, coach says they usually go in more. In total, eight different guys hit a three-pointer, including three by Demetri Trice. Guard says that balanced nature of their offense is significant. When one guy knocks it down, then it kind of just trickles down to the next guy, and then the next guy's feeding off of that confidence. So I think that just us having a balanced scoring and balanced offensive game, I think that's our biggest uh, asset. And so that's just the biggest thing for our offense is to continue to have multiple guys in double figures. Perhaps the only negative from the night was continued struggles defensively by Micah Potter. Hit all three shots he took, had five rebounds, but also played just two minutes in the second half. Coach Greg Gard pointed to his defense as the reason, but believes there's still time to get it turned around. He'll figure it out because he wants to play and he wants to be part of a good team and he wants to help his team. So the defensive end is is important. There's a lot of there's a few non-negotiables um, in that, and we have to make sure we do what's best for the team on that end of the floor as much as possible. Potter was clearly frustrated with his inability to stay on the floor. It led to Davison having to put his arm around him on the bench, and TV caught it. Here's what Davison had to say to him. I was just telling him to calm down, to relax a little bit. There's a lot more game left. Um, you know, he was just being pretty hard on himself or something that happened in the game. Um, you know, just tried to speak confidence into him, keep him positive. Um, you know, he does a lot of really good things for us, and he's a big weapon for us. <clears throat> Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, being a teammate, but also being a friend. The win has left Wisconsin in good spot in Big Ten play. Twelve games left. They're 5-3, and three, tied for third in the conference. But now they face a tough stretch, a four-game stretch that'll include road games at Purdue tonight and then at Iowa on Monday. But Davison says they'll embrace those. You know, I think what comes with kind of the big challenges is really great opportunities for us, too. Um, you know, we've shown and we've proven that we can win on the road in this league, you know, at two pretty hostile environments against two really good teams. Um, you know, that's that's what we see. You know, some people from the outside might see challenges. We see a lot of big opportunities. Um, you know, that's, that's why we came here. That's why we want to be in this league, uh, to play against the best on their turf. Again, that will start with Purdue tonight. Coming up here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable, going to be joined by our first former Badger coming up next. It is Brian Bush. And now, back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. A McDonald's All-American, All-Big Ten first team, and Big Ten champion. We hear from Brian Butch. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Brian Butch here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Brian, the Badgers go 1-1 one and one since the last time we had a chance to talk. Uh, we'll get into them in a second, but I wanted to talk big picture uh, Big Ten as uh, you have an opportunity to see a lot more Big Ten basketball than I do personally as you do some work for the Big Ten Network. We'll start with this. Who is, I mean, I think, first of all, I guess I'll ask this question. Do we agree that Michigan State is the best team in the Big Ten? 
We agree, yes, as okay. of right now. Okay. Uh, All right. So, which is, so, which for, is a horrible answer. No, no. But but, that's, a, that's a fine answer. I, want, we just, I just want to establish that right now because it leads into my second question. Who is the second best team in the Big Ten right now? Oh, that's a better question. And the reason, the reason I said this about Michigan State is because their schedule to start was favorable. They're going to get into the teeth of their schedule. You're going to see what they're really made of when they go on the road and they've got to play some tough teams. Uh, that's going to be the big thing with this uh, Spartan team. Are they going to be able to win on the road? We saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, or a week and a half ago now, them go to Mackey and get absolutely throttled. And then you see Illinois go ahead and, and win in Mackey. So the answer, and this is really tough to say, but I think the second best team in the Big Ten is the Illini. Yeah. I really do. They've got quality road wins. They've won at Wisconsin. They've won at Purdue. And why do I think they're the best team? They've got a closer in uh, Io DeSumo. What he can do is he's been able to close out games. And they're really, really good. Kofi Colburn is really good. George is really good. You know, what they've got in the wings, you know, Trent Frazier really good. They've got really good pieces around them. But then they've got that dude. And that's the question that we talked about with Wisconsin. Who's going to be that dude? Illinois doesn't have that question. That's not surrounding them. That's not worrisome to them. They're, they, they know who it is. Crunch time, who's going to have the ball? Io DeSumo. And he's produced in those situations. So yeah. to me, it's, it's the Illini. Yeah. Well, and there's just so many teams bunched up in that. I mean, you could obviously, Rutgers was, they, they, they lost at, Illinois, at uh, Iowa. You could put Iowa in the conversation for second best. You could yeah. put Maryland, Maryland there. Is Wisconsin at any point in that conversation? Or are they even on the fringe of it? No. Anytime you go and get two quality road wins, you're in that conversation. That's what they've done. And they're going to have a chance this next week to have two quality road wins. And if they win both of these games, yes, that conversation changes dramatically. Yeah. And that, that's, so that's where it's so crazy with this league because it's a week-by-week league, but it's the ability to go and win on the road. You know, they took care of what, Wisconsin took care of what they needed to at Nebraska or at home against Nebraska. Wasn't pretty the first half, but they were able to get it done the second half. Anytime you make as many shots as they did, it's always going to look a little bit better than what it probably really is. Yeah. Uh, but if they go ahead and they win at Purdue, they win at Iowa, then that you asked me that on Tuesday, and my conversation might be, well, maybe it is the Badgers. <laughs> um, because, again, winning on the road is so valuable. The Illini have done that, and they have the closer. Now, if Wisconsin over the next two games has that, you know, that closer that we look at and say, hey, that's the guy that's going to have the ball, at least we know that answer. Right now, I don't even think we know that answer, Zach. I, no, I, that is a huge question, and it's a question we've been asking probably since uh, November. Is who's We've been asking it for two years. Right, right. But in terms of this team, who's it going to be? And I don't still have an answer for that. I mean, obviously, we saw Brad Davison at the end of the Maryland game you know, take a big shot, and I, I would say right now, if you're looking for a big shot, he would be it. But again, he's not going to be able to create his own shot. You know, Isle can do that. I mean, he did that against Wisconsin. He can re- he can make his own, he can create his own shot like he did. Brad Davison's not going to do that. Um, Demetrius Trice, I feel like you could create his own shot, but I'm not sure necessarily. That's we we've seen the ball in his hands in late game situations, and it didn't necessarily go great against Illinois. So I mean, I I still think they're looking for it, and I don't think they have. I, I personally don't think they have it. I don't know about you. What do yeah. you think? Do you think they have it? I think it's there, right? And I think it's a mentality. I think it's a mentality. You're right with Brad Davis. And does he have the ability to go by anybody? I think that's the biggest question. Um, Brad is really good coming off screens, doing some different things. 
but I think the the guy that's got to go for this team to go far for this team to win a Big Ten championship, Dimitri Trice needs to have a mentality switch where okay, I'm I've got the ball late late you know late in the clock, late situations, and I'm going to go buy somebody. Because I think Demetrius Trice is a guy that has to be able to go by somebody for this Badger team. Well, he's the only uh, guy that so could, think, he's the only guy that can, right? I mean, he's the only exactly. That, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right, and it's tough for me to say that, but it doesn't mean that you can't can't win with oh, that either. You know, sure. and that's the thing. I think people get so people get so locked in on well, this group doesn't have people that can go by anybody. Correct, I agree. There's one is maybe Demetrius Trice, and that's the only time that that really becomes a problem is in late-game situations. Well, the way that Wisconsin is playing and the way that the Big Ten is this year, every game you're going to be in late-game situations. <laughs> yeah. So that one issue that they have really does get magnified, and that's where they've got to – and I, I know Coach Guard and, and the assistants, they're trying to figure out, okay, late-game situations, what can we run to either get a really good look like they did for Brad Davison out of the uh, end line out of bounds situation – or, hey, pick-and-roll action with Dimitri and, and Nate. Is there something we can get there? They've gone to that over the last two years, and it really hasn't been that great. Now, it was, instead of Nate, it was Ethan. But, you know, so what's the next option of, of plays and sets that they could run just to get a good look? Because once they get good looks, they usually go in. But towards the end, not having good looks have hurt them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, random question, who's the best finisher you've played with? Best finisher. Um, really good question. I would say, and I'll go with Wisconsin. Obviously, tough because he was able to finish above the rim with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Mike Wilkinson, just the base. And so you've got the athlete in Tuck that was able to finish everything because he was just a better athlete, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then you've got you know a guy like Wilkinson. Then it was only a year, but just the base that he had. And the ability to, and the strength to finish through people. Yeah. To me, those were those those guys that just you're like every time they touch it in that paint, you're going to get a result. Um, you're see, you know the the crazy thing is Luca Garza reminds me a lot of of a Mike Wilkinson, just yeah. that except that a lot course, except a lot more annoying. Yes, very much so, <laughs> very much so. But see, that's like, what that's like, weird, Zach, because I appreciate the small things in life, like yeah, not not. The, the nation isn't getting that excited about what Luka Garza doing. And I'm watching him, I'm thinking, man, that's a really good basketball player. Like, that's just fun to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I'm sure it is fun for, for folks to watch. Um, but it's fun because I don't have to guard him either. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> Mike was unass- Wilkinson was unassuming. He wasn't in your face. He wasn't yelling. Like, that yeah. wasn't really his game. No, he's quiet. Yeah, Luka... Exactly. We'll let you know what he he's doing. Know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. so that's just kind of him. Um, see, I meant uh, you, you answered about finisher. I was kind of thinking closer, like end of game situations. Oh, end of game. Sorry, who, yeah, who, who is it? That's a good question. Is it, is it Her- Devin uh, Harris? I would say it probably had to be Devin that year that I played with Devin. That that's probably the the best answer for for sure. Yeah. Um, and Cam Taylor was pretty good too when when you played with him. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Devin was at a different level. Um, yeah. You know, Cam. The, the problem. See, the reason this is a tough question to answer is we didn't trail that much, and we had leads, and we were able to to move the ball. And that's where it goes back to: if you're able to run your stuff well enough, you can have three guys that can be closers at the end. I remember there was a series uh, my my senior year where we were playing against Michigan State, 
and they decided to take away the paint looks. I ended up with two wide-open threes, and I ended up finishing that game out. Then it was Michael Flowers against Texas. So we were able to run our actions. Then one game it was Marcus Landry. We were able to run our actions so well that we knew somebody was going to get an open look. And that's the problem that I see at times with this Badger team is they're not running their actions quite good enough to get open looks for guys. So then the shot clock's running down, and then you're getting a rush shot. And that's the thing, that you might not have guys that can go by somebody, but if you run your stuff well enough, you're going to get an open shot. That's what this Badger team needs to do, and they really need to do it these next two games. Just get open shots when shot clocks are running down by running good action. Yeah, no no doubt. Again, talking with Brian Butch here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Big Ten teams right now, you look at the bracketology, and I know we're still a month and a half out from Selection Well, uh, yeah, almost two months out from Selection yeah. Sunday. I've seen different projections, 10, 11. There was one that had 12 teams in it last uh, last week. How, yeah. how many teams, big teams make it to the tournament in your mind? I mean, in, in right now the current record for the most from a conference is nine from the ACC. Could they break that record? I think the record does get broken. I really do. Um, because the likes of Rutgers, they're playing at a top level. Illinois is playing at a top level. You know, the teams that you've got to watch in the Big Ten big picture uh, to see if that record gets broken are Indiana. What are they going to do? What is a Minnesota? Like, are they going to make a, a late push? Yeah. Uh, those teams there, I think Wisconsin's in. Uh, I, I think they just got to continue to win at home and try to steal a couple on the road, but they've got some really quality wins. Um, so then it's, you know, what is Indiana? What is, it's crazy. What is Purdue going to do? Yeah. Um, I, I think Purdue's in, uh, so, so those are the teams that you watch to see if that record gets broken. I do think that it does get broken. The problem with the big 10, it's good and bad because every night you turn on, you know, BTN or ES, whatever channel the, the game is on, you're going to have a heck of a basketball game. Like Indiana or, uh, Iowa Rutgers was a fantastic basketball game. Yeah. You tell me when you can turn on an Iowa Rutgers game and watch good basketball, you couldn't do that forever. Now this never. year it's full of it. Yeah, never. It's full of them. Yeah. So, but the problem with that is they keep beating each other up, and there's not anyone moving to the top as far as, oh, this is a, you know, a, a, a one seed, this is a two seed, this is a three seed. You're going to see a whole bunch of Big Ten teams seated anywhere from 12 to 6. Yeah, uh, you might have one that's a little bit higher, but that twelve to six is going to be full of Big Ten teams. But I think the committee's smart enough to realize that the Big Ten and the Big East are the two best conferences, and therefore they should get the two most teams. Yeah, again, we'll we'll see. I mean, Wisconsin right now, I, I they're at twelve wins. I think six more. You know, get get to eighteen here in the yeah. uh, in the regular season yeah. would likely get you in. I mean, assuming I mean, I, maybe you need to win another one in the tournament just for just to make you feel better about it. But I feel yep. like six more would probably get them in, no? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I really do. I think six more would get in because you got to win some on the road. you got to take care of business. Uh, this next week, with what they have going on, if they split, if they go one and one, that'll be a quality win. Because they'll if they lose to Purdue, which is very capable, yeah. you, we know how good – I mean, it's the next two games, good luck. I, I wouldn't want to be coach guard, that's for sure. There'll be a lot of antacids and, <laughs> and chewing gum and everything else for this next week as they prepare. Um, but if they go one and one, that's a successful record in the Big Ten the way it's played out this year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, real, real quick, just, I've had people tweet at me um, while they're watching the game, whether it's at the state, whether it's at the Cole Center, whether it's uh, whether they're at home watching on TV. But does it feel like the Cole Center is not as 
uh, energetic as maybe it was back when you played, and, and maybe even a few years ago. It feels it feels like it, it gets pretty quiet, pretty dull, pretty quickly. You're trying to put me in the hot spot. I'm I like not, it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying how I've kind of like I. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I know what you're getting at. I agree. Yeah. Um, this, so this is the thing, and I, and I don't have the answer for it, or I don't have a, a solution for it, yeah. so it's tough to complain about it, right? Yeah. I, I'm a big proponent about that. If you've got a problem, you better have a solution. <laughs> okay. All Otherwise, right. don't waste your time on it. Okay. Right? Like, I'm a big proponent of that in life. Yeah, that sounds, um, that's, a, that's a good yeah, that's and, a good strategy. But, but this, for me, is what I like, and obviously having the students gone a little bit, now they're back, that'll help. Um, what I like to see the students kind of around in a half semicircle, even I understand that there's money involved here yeah. and I understand there's some big boosters. So you need the money to come in. I get all that. Even if you were to do a half circle where you could get some of the fan, some of the students around the bowl, I think that would help bring some energy. I do think at times that Wisconsin basketball has been spoiled. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. I think fans expect to have this top 10 team every year that's going to be Final Four Big Ten Championships, and they are. But it's been a little bit of rocky, and I think when you just become accustomed to having really good teams, you don't get as excited as they used to. And I think the energy level has dropped a little bit, Zach. I do. And whether that's right or wrong, I do think it has dropped a little bit. Um, do I think possibly having the students go half circles that you still, still could get your boosters and your big money donors side, court side, and you could still have them – you know, really good seats and take care of them that way. That might be an option. Um, but I also think Wisconsin basketball fans and a little bit like Wisconsin football fans need to realize this isn't normal. Right. Like to have the success that Wisconsin basketball and football have had for as long as they have is not normal. Don't take it for granted. I think you see that a little bit with the Packers. I think you've seen it a little in general. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin sports fans, we've been very, very – uh, blessed to have really good teams, but you've got to continue to bring energy because I'll tell you, as a player, the nights that there were some nights that you walk in the gym and you just don't have it, whether it was long travel, whether it was tests, whether your girlfriend was, whatever it might be. But I'll tell you, when that cold center gets rocking and you get energy from the fans, all that gets removed and it brings you, and, and you do win, help them win. And I think that's the thing that's getting lost at times is. It might just be against Nebraska. It might just be a game against Minnesota. But if you're excited about it, you're going to rejuvenate those kids a little bit, especially if they were having a bad day. Yeah, no doubt. Again, I think the next time they're at home, they play Michigan State. I think that place will be rocking. Exactly, yeah. right? So, yeah. so, we'll so that's the thing, Zach, right? Like you, you, against Michigan State, it's rocking. Now, was it, going to be, was it the same way against Nebraska? If not, the question is why? And how do you fix it? Yeah, I'm sure they. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're thinking about it and have been thinking about it and trying to come yeah. up with ways, just like they are at football. But it is what it is. Wisconsin on the road. The next two games, uh, we'll talk about those games coming up next week. Brian, thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, the other thing is, serve some alcohol. That might help too. <laughs> yes, beer. <laughs> yes, get outside. The, get get some beer outside the suites, and it, you may get a lot more people uh, going and enjoying themselves. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Looking forward to doing it next week. All right, sounds good, Brian. Thank you. There he is, Brian Butch, former Badger, here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. And now, back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. 
from back-to-back Final Four appearances and named three times to the Big Ten's all-defensive team. We hear from guard Josh Gusser. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Well, Josh, Wisconsin goes 1-1 one one since the, the last show that we had, and they lose to Michigan State, come home, and beat Nebraska, beat them with 18 three-pointers, a new school record. Is it a little bit uh, frustrating when you see them shoot like they did that night and then have other nights where, I believe, earlier in there, one, one time they were 1 for 19? Is it frustrating, and is it kind of, um, maybe not even frustrating, is it confusing to you? Uh, I don't think so. I think, you know, just being a part of these type of games, you know, even if we just like look at the last two, obviously Michigan State, we did not shoot the ball well. Nebraska, we did. It's just different. I mean, you play against Michigan State, you're you're never comfortable. You're always under stress. You're always, you know, you're not you're, you're moving around. You're getting bumped a lot. You're, it's just a different game. And then against Nebraska, with the style they were playing, you know, they were really packing the paint and, and literally letting us shoot. So our guys were, were comfortable, they were confident, they were in rhythm the entire game. And it's just different, especially when you're at home under those circumstances. So, you know, yeah, we made a ton of threes, which is awesome to see and is really impressive. Uh, but they were great shots. They were in rhythm. Guys were confident. Our good shooters were taking them. So it's just different when, when you compare Michigan State against Nebraska. And, and so I kind of understand it. Yeah, I think the one thing that was interesting about that night, and they mentioned, and the guys mentioned it after the game, and so did uh, Greg Gard, was the on-time, on-target passes that they were getting in the situations, right in the shooting pocket. How big is that? Yep. How big is that for a shooter to have it right where it needs to be almost every single time? No, it's literally like you're you're in shoot round. Uh, it's four hours before the game, just catching and shooting in rhythm, and and just like you're you're shooting on the gun or whenever you're practicing all summer long. You know, those are the shots you're comfortable taking, and, and we are getting those against Nebraska. You know, conversely, against Michigan State, you know, you got a 6'10", long guy out here, right in your face. You're shooting from, you know, two feet behind the line instead of right on it. You know, you're a little off balance. You're a little, you know, the crowd's into you. It's it's just different, and it, that can, you know, it's crazy that that can make you shoot, you know, from making 18 threes to going, you know, 10%. But, you know, hopefully there's a middle ground in there that we can hit throughout the year. Right. I mean, they're shooting 34% from three this year, which is about, uh, I think it's the last time I looked, it was 147th in the country. So I guess that's slightly above average, but. Above uh, average. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, probably, I mean, 34 is not great, right? I mean, no one's going to be happy about 34 if you're shooting that every game, would you? Right. Yeah. That's, that's not ideal. I mean, I think we take 34 on the road. It seems on the road. Like, yeah. You know, most of these games. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's about right. If you're, you know, just watching these games, I feel like that's, that's about right where we deserve to be at, but you know, it'd, it'd be nice to kind of up that percentage a little bit. And I, you know, I know Mike could be in a lineup, maybe helps a little bit, spread the court and he can obviously stretch the floor. So, and, and just as guys get more in a rhythm and more confident and you know, what's better to give you confidence than making 18 threes or however many threes in a game. That we just had. So, 18, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, like 18 threes in the game. That's got to boost your confidence a little bit, you know, collectively as a team. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Micah Potter there. He had uh, two of the 18, of the school record 18 three pointers, and uh, but he only played, ended up playing uh, about 13 minutes and left. Uh, he checked in at about the 13 minute mark of the second half. There were some poor defensive, uh, poor poor defense, I guess, on his part, and and the, the you know the Badgers in general, the team as a, as, as a whole, uh, and he went out 
and never came back in. And he was looked pretty frustrated on the sideline. And Brad Davis had his arm around him, trying to uh, I think calm him down. How can you? Imagine how frustrating it is for him not to be able to do exactly. I mean, he he's not frustrated at the coaching staff for taking him out of the game. He's frustrated himself for not being able to put everything together and, and be a good def- good enough defensive player to be on the floor. Can you tell how frustrated it is, and uh, can you relate it all at, at any point yeah. in your career? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why you know freshmen don't come in at Wisconsin and play a ton of minutes right away. Unless their name's and, Josh Scott. Unless their name's Josh Scott. <laughs> Alright, no, go ahead. Yeah, you, you said it. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> there's a reason for that. Not that Mike is a freshman, but he's still a newcomer and this is his first year. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, learning and growth that you need just purely on experience and being out there on the floor, especially for what we do defensively. You know, Bo Ryan, now Greg Gard, they don't ex- they don't allow defensive mistakes. You make a mistake in a ball screen, you make a mistake in a blockout. We just can't accept it. We don't have the room for a margin of error to, to let guys get going and, and give up easy buckets like that. You know, we just don't have the firepower. So it's just always something that you, you've had to learn and, and grow from. And, and honestly, you know, we, we do something different at Wisconsin than, than most programs do in terms of philosophy and just what we accept and, and that type of thing. So, it's definitely I can relate to how frustrating it is early on, and I can't relate to how frustrating it must must be when you're you're shooting the lights out and you're you're, <laughs> you're probably leading the team offensively and scoring and doing all those things, and you're still getting put on the bench. So it's it's a tough situation. But Micah, you know, as you mentioned, Micah's a a great teammate. He understands the situation. He has no one to blame but himself, and he's he's only going to keep learning and trying to get better at it because he knows that if he doesn't get better in ball screens, he's He's not going to play more than 15 minutes. What would you say to the people that, that believe that his offensive abilities should supersede his defensive liabilities? Well, some, sometimes, you know, it, it's valid, but I think it, it all depends on the situation. The game flow, how time and score, what's going on throughout the game. You know, like I said, we're typically not going to be up, you know, by 20 points. We're also typically not going to be down by 20 points. So a lot of our games are really possession by possession, you know, couple possession games in terms of the score. So we can't afford to have a lapse on a ball screen or an easy bucket or a wide open three given up because it's just too hard to, to come by. Um, so I totally understand why his minutes are limited. Now there are times where, you know, he, he's got to be out there to provide a spark and provide an offensive, you know, yeah. spark and, and some, some scoring because <laughs> we need it some games. So right. it, it just all depends. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Again, talking with Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Switching gears to uh, Demetric Trice. He may have had his best all-around game, uh, 11 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. He's the first player to have uh, at least 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in a game for the Badgers uh, by a guard since, you tell me, I, I may have stopped the tweet already. <laughs> since Josh, it's been a while. It's yeah, been ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since years. yeah, since Josh Gosser's uh, triple double against Northwestern, so some pretty good company there. When you look at what he was able to do, I think what what a, what statistic there is probably the most impressive to you. Well, I think to me, it's it's you know, I like the rebounds. I yeah. mean, the fact that he was being aggressive, he was he was around the rim, he was you know getting involved in the action a little bit. That's that's always great to see. Um, but I, I just I think he's he really let the game come to him. He wasn't trying to do too much. He was staying within the flow of the offense and and making sure other guys were getting involved. And 
you know, I think that's what Trevor Anderson's done off the bench is he's really gotten the ball moving. You know, he hasn't done anything flashy or spectacular, you know, not scoring much, but just getting other guys involved, getting us into the flow of our offense, moving the ball, you know, that's what point guard's got to do. And I think he played great against Nebraska, and hopefully he can keep that going. Yeah, 36 minutes uh, of, of playing, and a lot of that having to deal with the quick guards of uh, Nebraska for a large part of it. I think that may be the most impressive thing he well, was called on to do that and, and did a good job there in the second half, at least. Uh, they, the Wisconsin yeah, is, I think he. I think Dimitrik has, has been our, you know, our most stable defensive guard all year round. Honestly, you know, you know, Brad obviously takes a lot of charges and does those things, but I think Dimitrik has been the guy who's who's been the most stable defensively as well. He, well, and he's also is he is it fair to say he's also the only one that can really guard a a true quick guard like uh, yeah. some of the guys that they're yeah. facing. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's he's really the like I said the most stable, most reliable, and most consistent defensively in terms of just. Just even the little things, just being in the right position and fighting over screens and and doing all those things. He's he's been really good. I mean, he's he's obviously had a couple of struggling, you know, shooting nights, but that, that's basketball. So it's good that he can kind of do all these other things to help out. Yeah. Again, talking with Josh Gosser here on the Wisconsin basketball roundtable. All right, uh, switching to big picture thing here in the country, uh, Wisconsin. You know, not in the top twenty-five, but they've they've beaten top twenty-five teams. There's been more. Top five, uh, top ten teams losing to unranked teams this year than all of last year already. So when you look at this uh, big picture here in in terms of college basketball, does it ever upset you that you guys, your 2014-15 team, couldn't play in this era of college basketball? I mean, it's only been five years, but would you have lost that year? Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if you would have. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to use the word era. I think it's just this year. Yeah. I, I've talked about it with people all the time. There, it's it's not great right now. People are saying that the Big Ten is is as good as it's been, and I I, I just don't don't see that. You know, because the way I judge teams around the country is kind of, you know, how have they how are they this year compared to how that specific team has been in the past yeah. the past couple of years. You know, we talk about Wisconsin. We're like, you know, if you're a fan of a team, you're going to say, yeah, we have a good team this year. I like the way we're playing. We're, we're good. I, I don't know how many teams. Are really saying that you know North Carolina certainly isn't. No. I don't think Kentucky is. Villanova, Virginia, um, even the Big Ten, Michigan—they're down from what they usually are. Purdue, um, Ohio State—you know, there's the teams that are typically at the top of the country and at the top of our league are you know worse than what typical years they are. Yeah. And um, now, conversely, I think the teams that are at the bottom of the Big Ten typically are better. Right. So I think there's just a big congestion of pretty decent to pretty good teams all across the league and all across the country. And, and yeah, it's a little, uh, <laughs> you know, frustrating to look at it that way because we had, you know, 38 in all Kentucky. I think Villanova had two losses all year. I think Virginia had, like, two losses all year. I think Duke had three or four. Uh, Arizona only had two. We only had three. There was a ton of teams with only, you know, zero to three losses in the country. And this year it's clearly not going to be any i don't think yeah no uh, and you you i think you hit it on the head there in terms of all the teams that you mentioned right there all considered blue bloods of college basketball for the most part this year you're not really seeing that i mean obviously gonzaga is is still up there but san diego state's in the top five they're they're undefeated right now like there's there's a lot of teams that aren't we don't normally see up there baylor you know some of these right. some of these various te- yeah like the teams that are not considered great programs you know sustained great programs obviously Gonzaga is but the others a lot of guys in the top 10 
and I think that probably is hurting the perception of college basketball, right? I mean, if 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 it's Duke and Duke's up there too, obviously, but if it's North Carolina and Virginia and some of the other teams, maybe we look at it a little bit differently. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you just go across the board. What people would say the top ten programs in the decade have been, I don't think any of them are above average to what they typically are. You know, you throw in Arizona, you throw in you know, just a bunch of teams, and a lot of that has to do with. I think it's a um, even look at NBA draft stuff for next year. I think it, people say that's it's a down year in the draft, and I think it's it's because the freshman class is a little down, and yeah. you know a lot of guys left early the past couple of years, and you know maybe there's not as many juniors and seniors, and just typically you know kids didn't go to one school. You know all these freshmen kind of split up. You know one went here, one went there, one went overseas, one went you know there. So there's not that big group of a huge freshman class in the school, and there's not that you know, solidified upperclassmen group that Virginia's shown and that Villanova's shown and Wisconsin and Michigan State, you know. There's a lot of good teams, you know, solid teams, but, you know, the difference between a two seed in this tournament and a nine seed is going to be a couple possessions in the season, which is kind of crazy. Well, that, <laughs> right, and that's and that's kind of what we've been talking about on a couple of our other programs is just a 9-1 or an 8-1 upset is not going to be that big of an upset like in in when no. we get when we get to the NCAA tournament. And so I think it kind of it kind of opens it up for anybody, right? I mean, I don't think there's anybody who could sit there and say, "Yeah, they're I guarantee they're going to be in the final four. I guarantee they're going to be making it to the second weekend." I think it's as wide open as it's as it's been in quite some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a 9-1 upset might be you know, Oregon or Michigan beating San Diego State. I don't think anybody thinks that's, you know, right. out of the question. I think that's a you know, the spread on that game might be, you know, two-point game. So it's just, yeah, it's an interesting year. It's going to make for a, a fun tournament. But, yeah, I certainly think, you know, looking back to our 2015 team, I think, you know, we would be we'd be sitting in pretty good shape. And I think, <laughs> yeah, obviously, we were then too. But, you know, it's just it's just a little different. And it makes it, it, makes it uh, you know, both fun to watch and also both a little, you know, you know, the other way. Yeah, so. yeah, right, right, right. But would it have been as special if you? Well, I pro- at Wisconsin, it would have been. I guess it would have been special, yeah. no matter how how you went about it. Um, yeah, but well, yeah, because I think people, you know, even though we didn't, you know, win the national title, I think beating thirty eight in Kentucky, I think to a lot of people's minds is is you know just as memorable in a lot of ways. And that's a great you know, hey. I, you know, that year we had to beat Oregon, North Carolina, Arizona, Kentucky, and Duke. Yeah. And Michigan State going back to Big Ten Championship all in a three-week stretch. So that's, you know, and all those teams were as good as they've been in you know years. So it was, it was a little different, a little tougher road, but it, it made it fun and it makes it memorable, you know, individually. And obviously, you'd like to win it all, but it's just hard to do. Yeah, no, that the Kentucky game I think is the uh, is the highest point in program history. Is it? Do you think that would be fair to say? I, I know they won the title in 1941, but. Let's be fair about yeah. it. No one, no <laughs> yeah. one, no one cares. I think, I think, I think that's fair. That, to me, it is. Obviously, the, the blue blood of Kentucky's name in general and yeah. the fact that they were 38-0 and the fact that it was the only time we've ever made it that far right. uh, besides the 40s. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah we'll see. Uh, Wisconsin, will, <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin will be at Purdue uh, tonight, and then they will uh, head to Iowa next week. Josh, we'll uh, recap those coming up next week. Uh, we'll see you, and we'll, we'll talk leading into the Michigan's big, big Michigan State game at home. Yeah, hopefully we can steal one of these two on the road. I think that's uh, that'll be a win for us. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, we'll talk next week. Yeah, thanks again. There he is, Josh Gosser, here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable.
And now back to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. No stranger to the NCAA tournament and rebound machine. Forward Mike Bruzowitz. Now here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we do bring in former Badger Mike Bruzowitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. Mike, we were talking before he came on the air and uh you mentioned that uh, you're going to be uh, matching up with another former Badger coming up here in, what, next week or so? Nigel Hayes and you both playing in the uh, in Lithuania, not in the same league, but both playing in Lithuania. Uh, yeah, we actually do play in the same league. So uh, Oh, you do? Okay. I L- apologize. Yeah, so it's called, it's okay, it's called the LKL, um, the Lithuanian K is basically Bombo Basketball League. Um, but um, Nigel's playing for the top team in uh, Lithuania called Zalgiris, um, very storied club. They play in the EuroLeague. Um, so they get to travel a bunch, play against a bunch of top teams. Um, so, yeah, I get to match up against him here in uh, two weeks. He gets to come to the lovely village of Pasvalis, where I currently live, and uh, play in front of maybe 700 people. It's going <laughs> to be epic. How, how, how difficult is it to, to be in places like that? Because I assume like you played in front of 700 people, maybe, maybe not that many, but probably close to that many every night in high school. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's different. Um, you know, and, and every country is different, you know, every league has been different. This is, this is country number. I think this is the second, this is my second stop in Lithuania, but I've played in nine other countries. Um, you know, some places it's really cool. You know, when I was living in Israel, um, my very first season, uh, the fans there are amazing. Same thing. If you play in Italy, the, the gym is packed every night. People are excited to be there. Um, even lower place teams definitely are there. Say, uh, you know, still have fans coming. Same thing with Hungary. Um, Germany is usually good fans. France has good fans. So it just kind of depends on the country you're in. Um, and usually the situation, like I'm in a very small, literally a village. It's it's less than 5,000 people that live here. It's, it's pretty brutal. Um, but usually in these types of cities, they have much more support. Um, unfortunately, our general manager is not the nicest human and people don't really like him. So he's kind of scared off some of the fans and, um, you know, just general professionalism around here is not so great. Um, compared yeah. to, you know, where Nigel plays at, you know, they have one of the best, best arenas in all of Europe and they've, uh, they've been one of the best for, you know, run, um, basketball clubs in the entire world for the last, like probably six or seven years. Yeah. Uh, so have you played in the past against any other former guys, former Badgers? Um, I played against Keaton Ankeville my first year when he was in Germany and I was in Jerusalem. Um, it's in terms of former Badgers, no, I haven't. But I've played against a lot of guys that I played in in college. Yeah. Um, you know, most recently there was a guy named Shannon Scott. Um, he played for Ohio State. He played for a team out here in Lithuania. When I was in Greece earlier this year, I played against Deshaun Thomas, who's playing for Paltinakos, another Ohio State guy. Um, you know, I played against. You know, countless guys from across the Big Ten and or non-conference games. You know, like there's there's been a lot of of run-ins with guys I've played in before, and even now as I'm you know starting to age and become an old veteran, um, I'm starting to see guys that I've played against for years um, just in Europe. Um, a couple guys on my team currently, I've matched up against them I think six or seven times um, over the last three or four years, yeah. um, just in different leagues in different countries. Yeah, gotcha. The other thing we talked about before he came on the air was, uh, and I believe this is a, a quote exactly, they shot the <clears throat> crap out of the ball the other <laughs> night, uh, Wisconsin did against Nebraska. They did. They hit 18 three-pointers or 18 of 34 from from three. It was the that's a new school record, the 18 is. What uh, impressed you the most, I guess? Um, you know, if you really look at it, they, they just – 
they moved the ball well. I felt like Demetrius Trice was aggressive. Yeah. Um, you know, he was able to get downhill a little more, and he was a, a big playmaker. But obviously, you know, some of those swing passes were four threes turned into, um, you know, something uh, something that was positive for them. And, and it seemed like, you know, once Brad and, and Brevin started knocking a couple down, you know, Mike, if you look at the stats line, you know, Micah Potter hit two. Um, it just kind of was everybody seemed to be knocking stuff down. It was great to see Tyler Wall finally knock down a three. I think he's been trying to find some confidence. Um, so I felt like he played with, with quite a bit of confidence there. And um, it was just good to see guys really, really be aggressive. And, and I felt like they set the tone, um, you know, coming out in that second half and kind of just, um, you know, they, they definitely hit um, Nebraska right in the face in the second half and just kind of was like, okay, we're going to take control of this game and this is ours. So it was good to see. Is there any ability to carry that over from one game to the next or is every game different? I mean, you mentioned Nigel Hayes earlier and his whole thing was there's no such thing as momentum in college basketball, but within a game, I think there probably is. I don't know. Does it carry over from one game to the next or is it, is it completely different? Um, it, it depends, you know, like night in and night out is always going to be a grind. And the big thing with college basketball is you're dealing with kids. I've, I've said this numerous times, you know, young adults will go with young adults sure. and, um, in terms of just like, you know, physiology, they're not as consistent just based off of, um, you know, brain chemistry and, you know, what they're doing with themselves in class and going to school and then, um, still developing as men. Um, you don't get quite the same consistency. And also just within, you know, w- within Wisconsin, you know, the system, like we kind of run a slow offense. So it's a little bit harder sometimes to get going um, and put up 82 every night. You need to, you know, like we said, we need to shoot the leather off the ball almost every night um, just to get, you know, that type of offensive productivity. But for them, um, you know, I felt like there is times where you feel like you're on a roll um, and, you know, you're going into games and you have just, uh, I would say, not, not consistency, but you feel much more confident about what's going on. And, and this is definitely one of those games where hopefully, you know, this is kind of they can look back and maybe this was a turning point in their season, um, you know, especially after kind of getting smacked around a little bit by Michigan State. They come in, you know, play well against Nebraska. And now they got to play against a, a good Purdue team coming up. And I think they can have some momentum coming in. You know, I remember when, when I, was, I was a junior um, and we had lost, I think we lost the first two Big Ten games. We lost to Iowa and we lost to somebody else. Um, or we, we were one and two, and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like, uh-oh, what's, what's happening? We're, yeah. we're not doing what we're supposed to. And then all of a sudden we, we kind of tweaked some things. We went in and we had a big win against Purdue at Purdue. And then all of a sudden we ran, ran off like six or seven straight. And that was kind of momentum for us just because we had so much confidence coming off of a win at a, a very difficult place. And um, hopefully, you know, the same can be uh, said for them. They got to win at home against an OK Nebraska team. And, you know, they, they got they got their hands full with a good Purdue team coming in. Yeah, they do. And they have their hands full the next, uh, I would say, four games, three of them on the road at Purdue, at Iowa, then home against Michigan State and then at Minnesota. Of those four, uh, which one is the most important to get a win at? Um, you know, I would say of the four, I'm going to go with the win. They need to get a win at home against Michigan State. Yeah. I think that would be a, a, a big win for them. Um, but if, if I was going to go with, with the second one, I would say, um, you know, Minnesota. Yeah. They got to go get that one in Minnesota. <laughs> one for me, cause I'm a, you know, I'm a Minnesota guy. So when I go home, if they win that series, life is just a little bit easier for me when I'm training. Yeah. 
you well, know, because I run into some old golfers and, you know, I train with a couple of those guys and I see them pretty frequently and it's not always the best. No, I can't imagine it is. <laughs> but, it, you know, the, fun, the funny thing. Walking th into a gym and knowing I'm going to have to take take that one on the chin for a little while. So hopefully that Minnesota one is, I think, is big for them too. The, the funny thing is they may, Wisconsin may have more Minnesota kids on their team than Minnesota does uh, at this uh, point. Oh, yeah, they definitely, no. <laughs> they, they definitely have a chance to, that's for sure. Um, but that's, that's kind of been the norm, you know. Um, Surprisingly, the the Gophers have not been um, super great at keeping their top guys in state. Yeah, um, which same. is which is pretty interesting because if you look, you know, pretty if you look nationally, um, Minnesota's been putting out some very high level basketball players over the last 10, 12 years, um, dating back to even when I was in school. You know, we had some really good, really good players, and only a couple of them have stayed home. So yeah, and and that's the case coming next year too with with Carlson and uh, Stephen Crowell coming to Wisconsin, two of the top guys there. Dawson Garcia, one a, a top. I think a top twenty-five kid, maybe even a top fifteen kid in the country, going to Marquette. So, yeah, uh, really yeah, they've they've Wisconsin has done a good job of pillaging um, the talent out of Minnesota. That is for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, some of that talent will be on display uh, tonight when they take on Purdue down in West Lafayette as uh, they look for uh, their their third Big Ten road win this year. Mike, we'll uh, look back at this game and the Iowa game and look ahead to Michigan State coming up uh, next week. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate uh -huh. it. Again, that was Mike Bruzewitz here on the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable. That's going to do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week with all three guys, and we'll look back at their two games this week, the game against Purdue tonight and then at Iowa, and then ahead, uh, look ahead to the big game against Michigan State next Saturday at the Kohl Center. Until then, you've been listening to the Wisconsin Basketball Roundtable.